Welcome to the Save by Mother Earth podcast. I'm your host, Heather Webster. This podcast brings together self-connection through nature immersion and spirituality. Today, I had the honor of interviewing Lindsay Deswart. Lindsay is a shamanic practitioner, an energy medicine healer, a life coach, and a hypnotherapist. She's also the mother of three teenagers, a wife, a daughter, a sister, and a lifelong lover of the outdoor adventures. Without further ado, here's Lindsay. Well, welcome, Lindsay. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you, Heather. It's an absolute delight. How are you doing? Very well indeed, thank you. And I have to say, yeah, just pleased to have a nice quiet chat with you because right here it's a really stormy afternoon outside. Same here. Now you're up in Canada, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we might be experiencing the same storm. It sounds like it's like a pretty big storm. Yeah, we could. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about kind of who you are. Uh, I often, instead of introducing my guests, I like them to introduce themselves. So how did you get to where you are and who are you? <laughs> well, um, so as you can tell, I'm actually not from Canada. You may notice from the accent. Um, so I am English and pretty much all of my life I've lived in England and got married in England and all the rest of it. And then I married a bit of an adventurer and... It was funny, there was something about him. I always knew I would never marry like a full-on Brit. I just knew it. And anyway, I met him and he'd been raised all over the world. His childhood, I didn't believe the stories he told me. I was like, yeah, really? And then I saw his parents' house and there was photos of everything he told me. I went, oh, okay, so you're actually not lying. (laughs) So um, we started, we got married in 2000. We basically started on a bit of an adventure together. And so first of all, it took us to Sweden because he's half Swedish and he got a job there. So we went to Sweden and that was my first experience of living abroad, which was awesome. Um, Before we went to Sweden, no, after we came back from Sweden. So I had my first child in Sweden and it was very much we lived right on the edge of a lake. And so that was my first experience of outdoor skating and cross country skiing and swimming in the lake. So I ran around the lake, I walked around the lake, I pushed the stroller around the lake, I swam in the lake, skated on the lake. It was completely my hub. And I realized actually how important that part of my life was to me. Anyway, so, you know, life happens. A couple of years on, left Sweden, went back to England, um, had my second child. And my second child was my real awakening. First child are like, oh, I got this. I'm a cool parent. It's so easy. What's all the fuss about? Ha, ha, ha. Second child comes along. Oh, this is what all the fuss is about. I cannot even get out of bed in the morning. I'm so tired, so depressed, hadn't bonded. I mean, just chalk and cheese of experience of parenting. So I had to do some major work in order to heal what was going on so my child could be well. Um, And so that actually got me onto this path of natural health and natural health, spirituality, which I know we'll come on to later. But, and that was my waking of it. So that was in 2004. Then we lived in England for a bit and realized that we weren't living the life we wanted to live at all. Um, 
it took ages to get anywhere. Our family were miles away. We never saw them because everyone was too busy. And we went, what the heck are we doing? So we said, right, where do we want to live? What do we want to do? What do we want our life to be? Where do we want to raise our two boys? So we wrote a post-it note, a shopping list on the post-it note of what do we want from life? And as we wrote that down, we said, right, where can we go get it? <laughs> and we knew outdoor life was very significant in that. Um, after living in Sweden and me not exactly grasping the Swedish language with ease, I thought I really need to live in an English speaking country. And we also, we wanted to at least be able to access family. So that ruled out a couple of countries just being like on the other side of the world. Anyway, so as it happened, my husband's work said, we don't want to be in the state. Oh no, we're going to be in the States. We don't want to be in Canada. You can take Canada. So he employed himself in Canada. I hope there's no immigration lawyers listening in, but we did it all legally. It's okay. <laughs> so we got our work visas and a year later we were in Canada. And two weeks after that, I found out I was pregnant. Wow. So I had my daughter in Canada. So at this stage, that meant that I'd had three children on three continents. And <laughs> it was time to stop. It was enough. <laughs> Anyway, through that, after, you know, it was, um, my daughter was uh, still very young and I really realized I needed to get back to doing more of my sort of healing work, coaching work. And so I then requalified as a coach here and then carried on my sort of spiritual adventurous journey. Was that too much? Sorry. No, that was perfect. So. <laughs> So I know part of your journey has included some shaman, shaman, and shaman, shaman, I can't speak, shamanic yes, um, training. Go. So yes. how does that work in? And how did you, how did you kind of find that that connected for you? Well, the funny thing is the lady that I initially met in 2004, when my son was very sick. And so she was my real opening into this world of natural healing and thinking about the world quite differently and she was actually the lady I first started my hypnosis training with and NLP and so my first coaching course I did that with her anyway so then over the years um I went my way she went her way and you know we did a lot of fantastic work together and then our you know our paths took us in different directions and then 15 years later, I saw an email or something from her, or maybe even made, yeah, yeah, because she doesn't advertise. So I saw something from her and I contacted her to do a, um, a summit because I was holding a coach's summit. And she was, I wanted her to speak because I knew that she was doing some pretty wild stuff. Anyway, so then we caught up after the summit and she said, well, actually, the last few years, I've been doing a lot of shamanic work and I've really gone a lot more into energy medicine. And so we stayed in touch. And then about that time, my dad died. There was a few things going on. And so I knew I needed some support with that. Because a, a lot of emotions came up that I just didn't expect. Right. Grief is a bugger like that. It just mm -hmm. throws emotions at you. And you're like, that's not logical. How does that work out? And funnily enough, when she'd worked with me in 2004, a lot of it was healing with my dad. So funny how that comes around. That's the first time I've right. actually thought of that connection. That's so funny. I, so, I do find that I make a lot of connections with my own internal work when I'm doing these podcasts. It's like things yeah. come in. You're like, 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, seriously. And anyway, so she said, I'm doing this work. And she said, I've got a new course starting. Do you want to do it? And I was like, mm, well, 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 you know, and then she did some energy sessions with me. I was like, what the heck was that? Oh my goodness. And she went, that's what I'm teaching. I went, no, I'm on, I'm in, count me in. And so I started doing that at the end of 2018, which lo and behold, I was in the thick of this sort of meditating and learning and unraveling my current view of the world because I was getting to a really frustrating point with my business and I just kept coming up against the same blocks. And she's like, well, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep reproducing the same old stuff and you're going to keep getting the same problems. So she's like, at what stage are you willing to change something? Anyway, so then I did this course. I was like, oh, okay, so now here comes the change. <laughs> and basically through COVID, she had a group of, there were maybe 15 of us, if that many, actually. Yeah, there was 15 of us, I think, and from all around the world. And we did all of our training on Zoom and then all of it through case studies with each other. So we did all of our energy work through Zoom and on the phone and all of the shamanic healings. And we had to go off and do our, our fires and our medicine wheel and lots of our own ceremonies. So I was frequently out in the back garden rattling and burning stuff and putting out little symbols and you know leaving them out in the rain and the moonlight and the sunlight and everything and of course the kids saw I was barking mad but it was a journey it was absolutely a journey which is what shamanic work is all about it's journeying through the seasons so we were together for a full year going through this medicine wheel whereby you travel through the seasons Wow. Right. And it's what I love about shamanism too, is that, right. It's so connected to, if you look back at the tribal communities, a lot of them, right. Practice yeah. shamanism, right. And that's where it kind of stems from. Is that correct? Exactly. And also what I also love about it is that you've got shamans all around the world. And so they all use their different symbols from whatever their native teachings might be. And yet they are all still so connected with the earth and the earth, we're all one anyway. So it actually doesn't matter which symbols or which shaman you learn from or you tune into or you heal with or whatever. It's all so connected to nature. Right. And that's what we, I talk about with clients and I've talked about on the podcast a little bit too, is that we're all one mm. and we are nature, right? We are just another animal species within nature and we can't survive with even like without the fungus, right? Like, yeah, right. And so there's so many pieces to that. The other thing I love that I kind of talk about with, I love talking about the senses right? You can't be connected without tuning into whatever senses you have the ability mm. to tune into. And what, one thing that I've noticed when I've kind of explored shamanism a little bit, and maybe you can talk a little bit more about this is the use of the drums and the rattle and how it reminds me of the sounds of the earth. Mm, love that. So it's, it's funny actually, because I was doing a journey the other day 
And so when I journey either into my energy or into clients' energy, I always use the rattle. And so we talk about, you know, the rattle gets you into a certain sort of level of trance, but the rattle also leads you to the portal into somebody's energy and the drum the same. I work with the rattle more than I work with the drum. Um, and there is something so magical about it. And when you're working with it and you just close your eyes and you just go into rattling and the first a few times I did, I was like, oh, I feel like a child at music lesson. What am I doing? You know, and I just felt like such a fraud. And then there was a couple of meditations that I did, and it just felt like the rattle took on a life of its own. And I, so I don't, it's almost which came first. I didn't know whether I was rattling it or it was rattling me kind of thing. But it was so powerful. And now that I've done it so many times and I've done so many journeys with it, all I have to do is shake the rattle for a couple of seconds and I'm straight in there into the energy field. And so, it's, it's amazing. It reminds me of how some people say, and this is what I'm starting to experience too, like how you dive into meditation. It's like, it might take you a long time. And you're just like, this isn't working. This is never working. I can't do this. I can't do this. Oh, maybe I'm doing it wrong. And then all of a sudden something clicks and now you dive in. Now you can like, get into that meditative state, or as you say, like into a trance so quickly, because you just know yeah. what it's supposed to, where you're supposed to, like, how you, it's, it's not even that's, I don't even feel like it's conscious. Like you, you just know your body or your system just knows how to get in there now. So you become anchored to it. So it's a bit like a mother's, um, the mother's milk flows when a baby cries. Oh, I love Somebody that else's question. baby sitting in the same room crying away and you're just fine. And your baby cries and you're like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> it's exactly, excuse me. So we call it an anchor. It's exactly the same. So you become anchored to the sound of the rattle. Same thing if you're walking in the forest. How relaxing is it when you actually listen with your senses, as you said, when you actually listen to maybe the leaves under your feet? That will take you into a different state of relaxation or the wind in the trees or the birds they take you to a different state of relaxation because you are anchored to that natural level of relaxation oh wow so when I talk and do a lot around like intuition I talk about like I, I hear kind of voices come to me. They're my own voices right now, like that I hear. Do you experience that same type of experience when you're going into a journey or a trance? Or how does that look for you when you're tapping what I consider tapping into my intuition, but you might consider journeying or maybe it's the same, maybe. So I think there is a lot of the same. The difference is that I will tap into somebody else's energy. Um. And as, as far as I know, as much as I've experienced, that's the difference. Okay. So it's still, I mean, let's depending on how you want to talk about it, it's all the universal energy field, right? Right. And so as I tap into somebody else's, I have to have their permission, but it's almost as if I have to have their permission in order to see their view of universal energy or their experience of universal energy. Whereas when we meditate, we experience our view, our yeah. experience of universal energy. When you journey on somebody else's energy, you have to have their permission because then you start to see the world from their universal energy. 
Yes. Okay. So it reminds me of when I do, I, I often you do Oracle cards yes. and do readings for people where I yes. will ask their permission to tap into their energy, knowing that what comes to me is their energy, not my own. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, and sometimes if I know clients on a very tight time limit, um, I'll say, can I go into your energy before we speak so I can do the journey, you know, without them sitting there watching me rattling going, okay, <laughs> which doctor's in the house, <laughs> as my mom calls it. <laughs> so I'll rattle into their energy and I will get a certain landscape. And I just get this vision of a landscape. And then there are certain things that pop up on this landscape. And I don't know what they mean because they're not mine. It's almost like it's my interpretation of their landscape. So it becomes very far removed. Anyway, so then when I go, and I'll, so I'll make notes afterwards when I come out of the journey, and this is all so fast. That's what's funny about it, it's so fast. Um, but then when I speak to them about it, I will go back and say, okay, so this was the landscape and let's journey together. So then I'll rattle and take us both into the landscape. And some of it they'll see, depending on how much trauma is in there, some of it they'll see, some of it they won't. Okay. But if I'll get the sense of, um, you know, there's a building. So what, does that, what, what is that building? What does that building mean? And they'll say, well, it's funny that you mentioned that actually, because like, you know, my granddad that I need to heal this issue with kind of, my granddad used to spend all his time in his garden and shed. I'm like, okay, so that's what the building is. And then they'll be like, okay, so, you know, I'm getting a sense that there is somebody in this building and they've got something for you. What is it? And they'll go, well, that's funny that you should say that, actually. And this may sound weird. That's the most common phrase I ever hear. This may sound weird, at which point it makes me laugh. It's like, well, the rest of this isn't. Let's face it. <laughs> and so then I, I kind of tune into what's there for them. But then they have to work with what's there for them because it's there for them. It's not there for me. Right. So will they allow in? So when you're asking permission and like you're tapping into their energy, can they have blocks that they put up where oh, yeah. you don't see things, but you know, there's something there or do well, you just not see it? No. What's quite funny is they don't see it. So you see it, but they can't get in to that. Or space. I'll see it and they will see a version of it. So, for example, when we go into somebody's lower world, because in the shamanic world, you've got the upper, middle and lower world. And so the lower world's often dealing with past. And you could also call it the subconscious, depending on what you want to. Dep yeah, depending on what um, philosophy that you're working with. So you can call it the underworld. Um, and as I go into that, I will see things that they might go, oh, yes, there's a dark puddle. And to me, the dark puddle is full of really gruesome or yucky, you know, maggots, snakes, whatever. I, I will see it way more extreme and they will see this like a very shallow version of it. But go, oh, yes, that's a that's a dark puddle. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, OK, yeah, 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 let's dive deeper. And so the thing is, because I support their energy, I take them down into it. OK. But I will also do the clearing when I'm down there, because sometimes if it's a traumatic memory, they don't need to experience that. The fact that they've even seen maybe the dark puddle 
I can go in and clear it all out energetically with my shamanic tools. And then when I've done that, then I can say, okay, there was something in there that has a message for you or, you know, or I, I saw a, you know, a creature or whatever, what might that mean to you? Or what might that be to you? And again, they will put their interpretation on it, but I will see things more extreme than they will because they're protecting themselves. Yes. Because it's their own energy. So what, if it was something that they weren't hiding, they'd have fixed it by now. Yeah. Do you find that sometimes it might come in from like the past or ancestral things that they might not even know exist? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cause I, I wonder that cause the, I was actually talking to a reader or um, a psychic yesterday and she was saying, you have a hard time tapping into visualization. And I said, yeah, when I go into meditation, I mean, I have crazy dreams. So my dreams, I go into quite visual, quite a lot of visuals, visual pictures, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But when I'm trying to go into meditation, I can get in pretty quickly, but it's very, it's just kind of, I'm just there. Um, And she talked about how it's because I didn't have, I haven't had a lot of past lives or whatever on this earth. And, and that most of my, my, my soul's journey has been out in the universe and, and less of on this planet or within this realm. And, and I wanted to kind of dive into that with you a little bit more about like, what does it look like if somebody has a tricky time visualizing when you're like, okay, we're going to go through this door, walk down this path. Cause when I've journeyed in the past, I just have a hard time. I know what I need to look at, but I get distracted or kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm going to walk down a path, but I don't see the immense, like, I guess, what am I looking for? Visualization of what that Mm -hmm. path might look like. It's just a path versus like a path with trees. And, but then I go out in nature and I see everything when I'm out there. Mm. But when I'm trying to do visualization, I'm more in it. When I'm going to meditation, it's more just like a, almost a darkness, but not like a scary, not a like sad or traumatic Mm. darkness, just kind of like I'm in my own state and I'm in completely in a trance Mm -hmm. and I'm getting messages. So I think that's fascinating because what is it about you that believes that you have to see the whole visualization? You might just get what you need. True. (laughs) So true. I would say if you go in with the expectation of, well, I have to see, I have to see those trees and I have to see the leaves and I have to see the ground and I have to see the sun and I have to see the tree of life. And it's like, no, you don't have to see all of that. You have to get what you get. Okay. That's great. Cause I did a session. I did a course with Sandra Engelman. Right. Okay. Um, and so through the shift network and like we had this, when we all came together, we would meet in this world, right. Mm. That she had created with, and it was like, there was areas for water, fire, earth, and wind. Oh, right. Cool. And I was just like, everybody else was talking about all these amazing things they saw when they went there. And I was just like, I'm going to go hang out with, I think this is a stream over here. <laughs> And so that's it. Again, an aha is we're doing a podcast, right? It's what I tell the clients all the time. You do it how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. It took quite a few journeys for me to sort of trust what I did see and what I didn't see 
as being enough. Um, and very often, especially if you're quite logically minded or quite a planner or, you know, yeah, logically minded, let's say, when you go into whatever journey visualization you're going into, you kind of set it up so it needs to look a certain way. And it's almost like you're actually looking at the wrong things. Um, you only need to go in to see what you need to find. And then when you don't put any expectation on it, things pop up. Right. And the stuff that you were hoping to see or you wanted to see actually are completely irrelevant. But you went in and you got what you needed to find. Okay, quick analogy. So it's like walking into a dark room and rather than worrying about, um, you know, well, I wonder where the table is or I wonder where the chairs are or all the rest of it. If you're looking for something specific, you're looking for like, I don't know, your missing shoe or the dog's lead, you'll go in and you'll find it. And if you come out with the dog's lead, then you go, well, that's cool. Didn't matter what else was in there. That's right. a bad analogy, but you know no, what I mean? Well, you you funny go in with an answer, looking for an answer. Yeah. And I almost like think of it as like you go in the dark room and if you're focused on, oh my gosh, the t where's the table? Where's this? Where's that? Like I'm going to bump into it versus just hitting the light switch. There's that too. Right. Like then you're going to find it immediately. Right. Like almost yeah. like, don't worry about everything that's in that room. Yeah. And none just, of the other things are important. Just turn on the light <laughs> or in your head. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think about that. So I did this like walk in the woods, um, a while back and I was barefoot and I was, it was super cold because it was November. And I kept getting this message of like, after a while, I was like, why is this not working? And mm. I got the message of just look up, stop looking at the ground. And instantly my feet hurt less. Um, and so those <laughs> kind of things of just like those little things that you're just like, you're just there to get that message. Yeah. So I love that idea of around that. I guess and let that message be enough. Yes. Yeah. So how do you incorporate like the shamanic practices into your every day? Like, what does that look like for you? Well, it's funny you should say that, actually. I wish I could actually show you the picture. Um, on one side of my desk, I have all the very organized and like my notebooks and things like, you know, the accounts and all the rest of it. On the other side... <laughs> I have all of my crystal chakras set up <laughs> and my feather and my cleaning tools and my heart salt lamp. So I am divided left and right. So that's how I bring it into my everyday life. And so most days, just like going to the gym, um, I will do some sort of meditation or energetic clearing. So very often I will use uh, what we call Florida water and just use it for energetic clearing of my chakras. And especially just before I'm about to work with anybody, I need to make sure that my chakras are neutral and healthy. Um, I'll often smudge the room. I will often light a candle just to get focus. I just, I was very critical of it before, just going, oh, this is just all silly superstition stuff. Um, I must have been a terrible student, my poor teacher. Um, <laughs> Oh, I fought her the whole way through. I was so, so reluctant to release control. <laughs> anyway, so, um, and so now I, I clear and let's say do an energy workout the same way I would a physical workout. 
because I know it's just as important for me now. Right. Clearing that. Yeah. The energetic field. So I didn't realize that the chakras are also connected to shamanism as well. Well, certainly the the methods that I've been taught because at the end of the day, they're energy bodies. Right. So, I mean, the really wild experience is so when people have a problem, especially when we work through zoom, they can actually blow the energy of the problem into the stone, this stone, They'll blow the energy into the stone. And it's funny because you can feel it. You feel it coming through. And then so I'll put that stone in line with one of my chakra crystals. And then from there, it's one of the ways of working. It's not always the way. Sometimes the journey will just take you straight in and you've got the landscape. When you come to the healing part, it's very interesting because quite often the problem is held in a particular energy center. So you will go in and heal that particular chakra because that releases it through the whole body because they're all energy centers. Right. right. And you've got to have somewhere to focus on. Yep. And then very often, if there's a lesson that they learn, you can say, well, do you want to anchor that to a particular chakra? So therefore I can clear out the chakra. And I mean, let's just say the throat chakra, for example. And lo and behold, just by chance, they might be having a problem conversation with somebody. They might be having some relationship issues whereby they're not speaking what they need to say. They're not being truthful. And so that very often manifests as when you tune into it. And funnily enough, when I get the problem stone and I've got the, as I say, the chakra crystals lined up next to me, the problem stone, I will just put down unconsciously. I won't put it anywhere. And then when we're going through things, the problem stone is sitting exactly next to the chakra that we need to heal. It's so amazing how that all works out, right? And I also love this idea of here, we're talking about shamanism and energy But if you look across all the different kind of experiences, when anything that has to do with energy and healing, if you're looking back far enough at some of the kind of the history of these practices, right? They're all aligned. Oh, absolutely. And so connected. Yeah. It's all so connected. And that's the beauty of it. And as you learn one more modality, it doesn't outweigh another one. It almost deepens your understanding of the modality that you've, you may have been practicing for years. Right. Um, it just, yeah, it just enhances what you already know. Yep. Because it's all, tr- it's all truth. If you believe in any of it, you believe in all of it. I believe. Right. Yeah, because you have to, right? And if you, it, a lot of times people are like, oh, crystals, crystals, crystals. Um, they're silly or whatever, but it's, they're. Oh, energy. yeah, I said that. Oh. <laughs> so, I'm like, do I really have to have all these ridiculous crystals? That's such a mess on my desk. <laughs> right. And I think it's like once you realize the energy that you get from them, it doesn't mean <laughs> you have to believe what the book says about them. No, but it's what you feel. And like you said, you put that problem stone down and it ends up being right where you need to work. And those are the things that when you, after a while, you're just like, like those aha moments. Um, you know what, when I hold the stone, I don't need to know what it does, but I do know it helps me talk more freely mm-hmm. with people. Or I know that when I hold this and I kind of, it makes me feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm to do public speaking. Right. And it's just like you get called towards the stone or the crystal that makes sense for what you need. And I think so many people feel that, 
I, I look at woo woo as like a compliment. If somebody says that's woo woo, I'm like, yeah, oh, actually, absolutely. I, love I tell you what, I am so defensive of woo woo now because when people go, oh, well, it's a bit woo woo. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know anybody who's unhappy living in woo woo. So where's the problem? Right. What's your alternative? Oh, I'd much prefer to live in stress because that's really real. It's <laughs> <Just> like, what? <laughs> right. It, and it's, I love just how connected it is. Like whether you're, I've always been kind of drawn to a mix between shamanism and like Buddhist practices and things like that. And then mm-hmm. as I was diving in more and more, I'm like, okay, there's more connection here than disconnection. Yeah, absolutely. It just might be called different things. And yes. like, even when you're talking about manifestation, right? It, some people call it prayer. Yeah. And so it's, I was just listening to a podcast the other day about the like witches and things like that as we get, we're going past Halloween and um, they were talking about how witches were burned but or drowned, I guess, actually is what yeah. actually happened. And the fact was that they were healers and they were, people were scared of their power and, yeah. but yet they were the medicine people of their, of their time, time. Yeah. And now the we amount, have to do all the healing from it. I know the amount of visualizations that take us back to witches burning and drowning is not, is not even funny. Really? Yeah. Especially for women like you and I, who do have some sort of healing, let's say older energy. And somewhere along the line, we were called to do it. And somewhere along the line, we were tortured or we suffered for doing it. Absolutely. It comes up all the time. In fact, that was that area was probably one of the first visualizations I did that really felt that I really started to believe, actually. Wow. So what are some things people could do? Because I always like to leave listeners with like, what could they do? Um, what could they do like today as they're listening to this podcast? What is something that some things that they could put in place to kind of help them connect more to themselves and kind of their deeper kind of soul or can they journey? Like, what would that look like for them? So I think actually probably what I'd say is probably very similar to what you'd say in the fact that being outside and connecting with nature is, especially when people say, oh, I can't meditate or I can't relax or, you know, I just keep getting, yeah, I, I can't be still in my mind. I would always say get out and actually start to be present. Start to be present with the sounds, with the smells, with the feelings. You know, how cold is it on your cheeks? Is there a wind? Is it warm, cold? To become present. And then as you become present, and this, I would say, has really been one of the lessons in my shamanic training for me. As you become present, if memories come in or thoughts come in, you might go, oh, that's weird. Or I haven't thought of that for years. But just trust that you've given yourself the space and the quiet to allow something to come in, that there is something in there for you. There's some message in there. There's some learning. There's some healing. There's some wisdom in there. And it might be actually that you get nothing. And quite frankly, that's a gift. Right. Because how often do we get nothing? It's an absolute gift that there is such power in that pause, such power in 
silence. So that would be the first thing that I'd say if, and, and that that is on the way to the shamanic work because you're in tune with nature. Right. I love yeah. that idea of if you get nothing, because if you get nothing, you get like everything. Yes, totally. Right? I love that idea of just, it's okay if you get nothing because you don't need to get something. No, in fact, getting nothing might be the medicine you need. Right. The quiet, it's the pause, it's the stillness, it's the not doing, it's the being. I think that that's what a lot of people struggle with the most is just being in that quiet. I know at times... I realize they go through a day and I'm like, wow, I turned on the TV. Wow, I went to music. Oh, I talked to somebody. Oh, I turned the music back on. Oh, I watched TV. Oh, I went and talked to somebody else. Right. And it was just like, I literally had noise all day. Yes. And did not even take a moment to be in silence. Mm, absolutely. And I think that happens from the majority of people on an every day. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I get it all the time. We say, oh, you know, what have you been up to? Oh, I'm busy. Yep. Wow. That day, that was busy. Oh, and tomorrow, that's busy. And it's like, what the heck is your life? Oh, I'm busy, busy, busy. It's like, ah, I hate that. (laughs) Right. I recently heard or a while back, somebody said, stop saying busy. Because everybody's busy in some way. Give a little more detail. Like talk about what your day was like and what was the joy you found? What were the things that were tough? And like, yeah, just saying people. Oh, if people laugh when you pick up kids from school and you say, well, how was your day? Yeah, fine. <laughs> like, but we do it as adults. We do. So now I say, what was the best thing? Or what was the funniest thing? Or did anything unusual happen? I mean, so you've got to get specific or you might just let them actually have silence. Yes. Because <laughs> maybe after a day at school, that's exactly what they need. I used to tell parents because I was an educator for a long time and they're like, they won't talk to me after school and I just want to hear how their day was. <laughs> And I said, yeah, just start talking about your day. And they're going to wonder why you're not asking them about theirs or they might start talking (laughs) about theirs. How about you share why your day was before you start asking them how their day was? (laughs) Yeah. You see, we're trained. We are. So trained. So trained. But as I say, even though we're trained, we still come out with the answer busy. Yep. Which is exactly what our kids are saying to us. We train them to Mm -hmm. do exactly that. Right. And it stops the conversation so quickly because the other person's like, oh, I'm busy too. Like, but then well, it's like, been busier than me. <laughs> right. Well, who was busier? <laughs> I, I always try to make sure when I call somebody, I like have another alternative thing of like, oh, it's been a crazy day, but you know, as crazy as everybody else's day, but these are some fun, fun things that happened that day, right? Like trying to, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. all I wanted to hear was that you're busy. <laughs> I know because everyone's easy with that, aren't they? Yes. Well, it was so great having you on. Thank you so much for being on the Save by Mother Earth podcast. Thank you, Heather. That was lovely. It was so nice to have a chat. For sure. What an eye-opening interview. Not only did we touch upon journeying, connection, energy work, chakras, travel, outdoors. I feel like this episode really brought together so many pieces of the self-connection work. It was an honor and a pleasure to talk with Lindsay 
and to learn more about the work that she does, please visit her website in the show notes or visit her podcast as well. Her podcast is The Magic Midlife Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a rating or review if you listen through iTunes. Also, feel free to visit my website or my links that are within the show notes as well to hear about special offers that are coming your way. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Sending you off with much love. See you on the next episode.